0: that tackles tough topics, and I don't think we have ever had a tougher topic than the one that we are revisiting today. If you recall, a couple of months ago, we had a conversation with uh, Suzanne LeShaw, grandmother and mother to uh, a young woman and her son, who have been going through absolute hell uh, in custody. And in fact, they sought asylum in another country, in Costa Rica, And although some things might have improved, some things, it's still an ongoing battle. Welcome, Suzanne. Thank you, Heather. Bring us up to date. Refresh our memories. How did all of this start? And how did your daughter and grandson end up in Costa Rica? Well,
1: I'll I'll try and be as concise as possible um, because it's such a crazy long story So this started out as um, my daughter being taken to court by the father of my grandson, um, changing his mind on and off about whether he wanted custody or didn't want custody, in the meantime um, beginning sexual abuse of my grandson, whose behavior changed dramatically and who started talking about these things to his mother, um, and To me later on and sometimes to close friends but he was very young when this started he was one and a half years old and so he there was no way he could articulate exactly what was going on we knew something was going on it took a couple of years before it became apparent that it was actual sexual abuse by his father at that point his father um, his father's tactic in the New York family court system was to cast doubt upon my daughter's character, uh, upon her upbringing, um, accusing her of having Munchausen's by proxy, a diagnosis he and his lawyer came up with and presented in court that is haunting us to this day in another country. We spent five Almost six years in family court in New York with this man without getting any thorough evaluation of my grandson, of my daughter, of the man denying what my grandson was saying he had done and had made him do. And in the end, the court was um, advocating For my daughter to relinquish custody of my grandson to his abuser. She felt pushed into a corner and she fled the country under great duress and at huge cost to her emotionally, spiritually, physically, and financially. So they ended up.
0: I mean, it's not an easy thing to flee a country. You're saying goodbye to your work, to your family, to your friends. You are leaving that all behind. There, it does yes. it not occur to a court that there must be some very compelling reason that somebody would do that. What apparently what not? It, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and, how and at the point,
1: well, so I just want to put in at the point where my where my grandson's abuser started telling him that he was going to come and live with him my grandson started begging my daughter to take him somewhere where he could be safe. And it's, it's the main reason why she decided to flee the country.
0: I have an aside question. Was she, is, was she, is she in jeopardy because she with this country, because she took your, uh, your grandson and went to another country? What, what is her jeopardy for having made that decision?
1: Well, there is a there's a couple of felony charges against her. I believe I I haven't seen them, so I'm just saying what I know from what I've heard, um, and hopefully it's accurate. So there's a charge against her for kidnapping, which is not a charge that would stick. Were she here to fight it, because she did not kidnap her son. She had custody of her son when she left the country, but in order to leave the country. Um, I believe there was she had to request a different passport and um there's something about that that the US State Department is charging her around using um uh the passport that she used for my grandson to leave the country and I don't know how valid those charges are but I also know that there's, it's not possible for anyone to flee this country legally. So I don't know what they would
0: expect. Okay, I'm not sure I understand that. It's not possible for somebody to flee this country legally. Is that's what you just said? Is that what you meant to say?
1: That's what I meant to say. Legally, in this instance, where they are running, where they are running to protect themselves or to protect a child.
0: Okay. So did she seek asylum, in? uh, and and are we talking openly about what country she's in right now?
1: Yes, she's there in Costa Rica, and she did seek asylum. And in April, they were granted temporary um, refugee status, which made them think that they would be safe. Um, Actually, I guess it was in March. Sorry, not April. Um, And then in... I'm trying to think of what month it was of this year, um, May or June. They were granted permanent refugee status, which means that they are, now have all the rights of Costa Rican citizens and neither of them can be extradited back to the United
0: States. Wonderful. 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 So she doesn't, unless she wants to come home to visit her family, um, then it's, it's a she's problem, not, but she at least was, she,
1: right. <laughs> she's not able to do that. If something were to happen to me, she would not be able to come and help me because she would be arrested.
0: So, all right, but at least they got the um, refuge. They, they've gotten refuge. However, you, your son and, and your daughter are not together. What What's going on with that? No.
1: My grandson has been in custody um, for six months now um, by the organization in Costa Rica called PANI, P-A-N-I. Um, and that is an organization that is supposed to protect the rights of children in Costa Rica. Their original plan was to uh, we discovered when we did the first court thing in Costa Rica, we discovered that their original order was to detain my grandson for six months. And the reasoning behind this was that um, because the abuser went to Costa Rica, filed a lot of papers in court there, and continued to say that my daughter was coaching my grandson to say these things, and that my daughter was crazy and that she was a danger to my grandson, they decided that it would be best to keep him and evaluate him. And in the course of the six months, he has not been allowed any contact with his mother until about three weeks ago where we were allowed one one one-hour visit. In this time that he's uh, been in their custody, he has been evaluated by several psychologists, And has continued to be consistent in the sexual abuse by his father that he reports. It hasn't varied, um, and he continues to ask to be with his mother. He continues to say his mother did not coerce him into to running away to this country. That he wanted to come to Costa Rica to be safe from his father. Um, So that has all occurred. How he old is, is your grandpa? Right now, he, right now, he's seven and a half.
0: Okay. And so he has been in Costa Rican custody for how long? Six months?
1: Six months. It was six months last week. Okay. How is he doing? Um, he is really missing his mom. He was very excited to see ha- us. Um, but he's also very sad that he's not being released back to his mom. Does he understand at all what's going on? I don't know. The visit that we had with him was a supervised visit, and we did not talk about anything that is happening at all. We simply visited with him, brought him some snacks, played some games with him, and then our visit was over. Wow. So okay. other other than, right, other than him saying, do I get to come home now, and us having to say no, um, that's the only thing we discussed. And at the time, we were under the impression that we were going to get weekly visits with him at a minimum of two times a week. And then the following week, we had no visits. And then the week after that, and there was also talk that they were getting ready to release him to his mom. And then it all evaporated um, as other things unfolded. What other things? Well, so when the abuser came back into the country thinking he was going to visit my grandson, Pani did um, step up and charge him for the country of Costa Rica with criminal sexual acts against a minor and he was uh, arrested and detained. He was required to surrender his passport and he is in the custody of Costa Rican country. He He's free to move about but he is not able to leave the country for three months while he is being investigated. The Pani also had a psychological evaluation done on my grandson that said that the abuser should not be allowed to visit him again because it was revictimizing him, and so Pani has not allowed the abuser to have any more visits. And there is now uh, an order of protection against the abuser for both my grandson and my daughter. So, so,
0: so those were yes. that
1: those were. Good progressive things and things that never happened in the United States legal system. My grandson was never fully evaluated. No, no thorough investigation or charges were ever filed against Adam um, and so it was all great except that now he's in Costa Rica and he's very angry and so he got the US consulate involved in trying to interfere in this whole process of my grandson's release. And actually that has succeeded because everybody stepped back and said we're not releasing him, you can't have visits, and we're kind of stuck there.
0: What are they going to, so they're investigating. Are they investigating to determine whether the allegations of sexual abuse are in fact the case? Um, the way Costa Rica,
1: Rica right the way Costa Rica works is that um when allegations are made by a child the child is believed. The child is not put into doubt.
0: Oh my god. So, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Could you say that again? I just, you know, I I I could swear I <laughs> I heard you say that in Costa Rica the child is believed. Is that what you said? Yes.
1: Yes, oh my that's gosh. what I said. The child is believed. The child is not doubted.
0: Oh, amazing.
1: totally opposite of what our family court and child protective services systems in the u s country does.
0: Amazing, just amazing. So right off, once the chart once the child says this, the child is believed, and then yes. they begin an investigation to gather evidence. To support the child's claims or to refute yes. the child's claims?
1: They, 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 get, they get statements from the child. And then because this involves another country, what they have to do is determine whether or not this person has ever been charged and found not guilty of these charges in his country of origin, which would be the U.S., these char- this person has never been charged with any criminal charges. The only investigation that happened in this country was by CPS and it was determined unfounded because at the time my grandson was very young and would not talk, would not disclose to the CPS social workers. Eventually he did, and then the main person in charge of that investigation, and I don't know if you are at risk if I say names or not. I'm happy to say names
0: of these people, um, but let's, I don't. Let's not. I just assume not have a lawsuit. Um, but okay. you can refer to that. So now.
1: so the woman who consulted for CPS in Dutchess County spent 15 minutes with my grandson, three separate five-minute visits, and said that he had no ability to distinguish between fantasy and reality and that... Um, and she found no, uh, even though he disclosed to her, she said he was just making it up or wanting to have attention. And no thorough psychological evaluation or investigation was done. And this woman who purports herself as an expert, when I looked at her resume that she submitted to the court in Costa Rica and her resume was like 15 pages long, she has no Current training in child sex abuse or domestic violence since the '90s. Yeah, I believe
0: it. I believe it. So, it's it's.
1: So. It's yeah. shocking, So as, it,
0: it's unusual. So Costa Rica so, okay, so is what's coming going on. What? Okay, go ahead. Well,
1: sorry. So Costa Rica is. Moving forward in a way that the u s um, family court system and child protective service system never did, in that they did a full investigation and they have ha- you know had multiple people evaluate my grandson they 've kept my grandson separated from my daughter in order to show that that my daughter is not. Putting any ideas into his head that he's voluntarily disclosing what has happened to him, and that's something that we were not able to get in the U.S. And it's very sad to me that so many women and children are suffering in the U.S. because the judges in the courts refuse to look beyond what they call a a, a oh, sorry, I've just lost the word, <laughs>
0: uh,
1: uh, a custody situation that it is not, the parties are not agreeing. Yeah. And yeah. the fact is that this is not a custody issue. This is a child sex abuse issue, and it was
0: never treated as such. What, are there Now, does your daughter have legal representation in Costa Rica or is she doing this on her own?
1: Well, for a while we had to do it on our own, um, but because we've been in litigation for so long, uh, money is an issue. There are organizations there who are helping her. Um, different organizations are representing her for different pieces of this mm-hmm. very complex puzzle so those organizations provide legal services to her free of charge um so at this point she has a public defender she has an attorney from a women's rights organization she has an attorney from a victims office and she has an attorney that is helping her was helping her with the immigration issue um The immigration issue is resolved because they were granted permanent refugee status. However, their refugee rights, and particularly the rights of my grandson, continue to be violated. And so somehow immigration is involved in this, um, as well as um, the interference from the US Department of State
0: and the consul in Costa Rica. Okay, and you said uh, the interference from the, from the State Department. What what does that look like? What are you What are you talking about when you say interference?
1: Well, through the State Department, the judge from uh, Manhattan Family Court presented himself to the Costa Rican court as a judge in on the Supreme Court in New York, representing this case. But the fact is that. When he was assigned the case in the U.S., he was a family court judge. He was then promoted to the New York Supreme Court, but he cannot take any action on this case as a Supreme Court judge for New York. He has to rule as a family court judge. But it's that twisting of the facts that has made the court system in Costa Rica um, think that because a Supreme Court judge in the U.S. is, Uh, is continuing to have a trial there without my daughter present, subpoenaing any people who have been friends of my daughter and even subpoenaed Barry Goldstein, the man who did the last show with me, um, trying to prove what, we don't know. But they continue to harass people in the New York court system uh, under the guise that, that... if this is a Supreme Court judge doing this, then my daughter must be crazy and the abuser must must not
0: be lying. So even though your daughter is no longer a resident of the United States, even though she has been given residency, permanent residency, uh, if not citizenship in Costa Rica, as well as your son, nevertheless, New York State is continuing to Try to prosecute her. Is that what you're saying?
1: Well, just let me clarify. It's my grandson, and number two, um, it's not that they're prosecuting her. It's though they're conducting a family court trial without her presence. So they're subpoenaing people who are her friends, um, demanding phone records and email records, trying to to I don't know what prove if someone helped her to go to Costa Rica. It doesn't really matter. They've known all along. They've known since she left where she was. Um, they actually got a corrupt judge in Costa Rica to release the confidential sealed immigration files to them, and that's when they started subpoenaing people into the New York family Court. Questioning based on people who had written letters in support of my daughter's immigration to Costa Rica, supporting the reasons why, supporting what my grandson has said about what his father has done. They were given, and those were sealed doc; those were sealed files, and um, the corrupt judge released these to Adam and his attorneys and the U.S. State Department. And it was illegal for that to happen, but it happened.
0: You know, I hear this so often. It's illegal for them to happen, but yet it happened. Um, Yes. It's it's astonishing, really. So why are they continuing to do this? Because they don't want to admit that they did anything wrong, so therefore they're pulling out all the stops to admit that it was all your daughter's side uh, and misdeeds or are they still being influenced by the uh, father, the former, the the former father?
1: Well, I think it's a combination of both. And um, my understanding from a conversation I had with Barry after he had gone through the subpoena and appeared in court, he said that the only time he was given a chance to say something, the judge was so disinterested he was on his cell phone and wasn't even listening. And he said he felt like they were doing all of this to cover, to try and cover mistakes that they made originally in this whole case. But the thing is, it's not legal in our judicial system to carry on a trial with, with the person being accused not present. So how and why they're doing this, I don't know. It seems to me like it's a little cottage industry going on with our family, and not just our family, but other families, other women and children, um, you know, who have either um, experienced domestic violence, sexual abuse, or both. And there's just no place in the court system, um When we talked last, Barry had talked about the Saunders Report, and now there's a new report out called the Myers Report. And these all definitely show that there is a huge lack of education on the part of the judges making decisions in the family court system that do not take into account and do not get any training in domestic violence and sexual abuse of women and
0: children in that system. You're talking about the Joan Myers report. She was on our show shortly after that came out. Um, yes. All of, this re- yeah, all of this research indicates to a pretty abysmal situation in most family courts when it comes to child custody, especially um, in cases where there seems to be an abusive father. Um, and, you know, I mean, all of these reports indicate that. The Saunders report um, looked more deeply at the, I believe, look more deeply at the court personnel, um, but, right. you know, I, it, it just, you know, there, those are two damning reports, and there's lots of smaller studies uh, that are not quite as universal or countrywide as both of those uh, that indicate the same thing. So, okay, so we're dealing with this active case in New York. What's your role? Have you been called as a witness or have you been called um, to testify there? Because you're clear on the other side of the country.
1: Well, initially I was subpoenaed, but the subpoena they issued was an invalid subpoena because it wasn't issued correctly. So the sheriff's office came and served it to me, but I did not respond. That was, you know, that was over a year ago. That was in August of 2018. I did not respond and I And the next time the sheriff came back, um, I explained to them why I wasn't responding, and I explained the situation, and that was that. I I haven't heard from anybody again.
0: Okay. All right. So they haven't done anything that you're aware of. Are they trying to get your daughter back? I,
1: I feel like if I went to New York State, I might be in jeopardy. Um, because this okay. judge has actually issued arrest warrants for other people who did
0: not appear in court. Wow. So, uh,
1: the so father, right. Is the,
0: is the father somebody of influence? I mean, is he quite wealthy, or is he politically active, or is this guy pulling strings that ordinary people can't pull?
1: He is a he is wealthy. And he is, in some circles, a famous artist. He's a photographer and um, and in some circles is considered famous. And so his fame and his wealth give him influ- an influence that people without those things don't have. And unfortunately, for many of the stories that I've heard and and um been exposed to since I've been involved in this from other women is that is often the case white entitled wealthy males manipulating yeah. the judicial system using the judicial system to abuse women and children and to abuse other people in
0: order to get their way yeah that seems to be the crucial the crucial part of it in order to get their way um yeah, I I I have seen cases, um, and it crosses my mind. We had I live out in Seattle, and a few years ago we had a case where one of these cases and the father actually well, went to court and killed some judges, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and it and the level of anger, the level of vitriol um, that some of these men exhibit is astonishing. Um, but, right, when I, when I was looking at that and when I'm looking at some of these things, they have to win. That's what this is all about. It's not about the child. It's not about the divorce. It's not even about the uh, the woman. It's about winning. They have to win. And for a lot of these guys, the first time they come up with any power that's greater than their own, it's in court. A judge has a lot of power. A court has a lot of power. And that's my little, you know, backyard analysis. I mean, it's just like they have to win and they are outraged if they do not.
1: Yes, it seems like um, there's a whole contingent of sociopaths operating in this manner in in the legal system of our country, particularly in the family courts. And when you tell someone like that no, then they get determined to win. And I agree with you. It's not about the child. It is about, um, it's very interesting. I recently became acquainted with the concept of coercive control. And um, I think that that's how it starts out um, with many of these uh, relationships. And then it escalates into this, issue that ends up in the family court system and um, the family court system apparently is easily swayed by money and
0: entitlement. Hmm. That's an interesting comment. Easily swayed. Um, Okay, let's get back to your daughter. How is she doing? I mean, this is a heck of a lot to have to deal with in your life. How is she doing?
1: It's, It's really rough. It's really hard. Um, It's hard to be separated from her son for so long, even though we can see some of the the reasons why it doesn't make it any easier. It has been devastating for her. When they first were given their temporary refugee status, they were under the impression that they were safe. And she got a job, and they began a, a life where they thought they were going to be safe, and then they both got picked up. She spent one night in jail, my grandson.
0: Costa Rican authorities, they they got picked
1: up? Yes, they got picked up because um, the U.S. Department of State and the abuser circulated leaflets saying that my daughter was a danger to my grandson, that she was going to murder him, and that she was crazy. Mm -hmm. And they circulated those leaflets and that information around Costa Rica, and someone turned them in.
0: You know, is there a playbook? <laughs> Every time you turn around, you know, I mean, what, is this all, you know, written down on the internet somewhere where they just, you know, Google? I don't know. I, I mean, it's always the same thing. She's crazy. She's this, she's that. I mean, it, and it's just, she was fine until she decided this. And now she's crazy. Now she, you know, I mean, it's just, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, we, if it was have... so horrible, it would be funny.
1: We have emails and statements made in court by this guy who says what a great mother she was. But now suddenly she's crazy, suicidal, and, you know, homicidal. Yep, suicidal. It's like, yeah, <laughs> Su- it suicidal, work?
0: crazy, mentally ill. Um, yeah, but yeah, you know, but but that, but she was fine up until she decided to leave it. Then it was, yeah, you know, exactly. then it, uh, clearly she's crazy. You know, I mean, it's just. It's,
1: Really, because I mean, you who in their, their right mind would
0: a, want to leave a sociopathic narcissist, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know what are you talking? You want to leave? Come on! Oh, Jesus! I mean, and you would think that the the court system, the people who deal with this routinely, I mean, certainly they see this, certainly, and yet here we are, case after case after case. Um, I mean, it's just absolutely
1: astonishing. And I think, you know, um, it's something we touched upon outside this conversation, but because so many people are not affected by this directly, I don't think enough people question what our judges are doing in the courts, how they get there, who's appointing them, who's paying their wages, and why are are they not... um, maintaining a level of non-bias that they are required by their jobs to maintain. Um, I think it's time we started asking our governors and our state representatives and our congressmen and our senators, what the heck is going on in the judicial system in the United States? It's not serving anybody. It's, it's, people are getting paychecks, but they're not doing their jobs.
0: Well, I think you bring up something interesting, and that is who is electing them. I mean, it is a political discussion. Some judge, family court judges are appointed. Some are elected. When they are elected, however, rarely is there, I mean, how do you evaluate a judge? You voted for judges. You have, you know, how do you evaluate? Very tough. And unless there's somebody notorious that gets a lot of newspaper coverage or something like that, we really don't know how to evaluate. We really don't know what's going on there. I, I often think, you know, they, I've talked with, with uh, uh, you know, kids in school and they have to do their, their public service, you know, and I often say go sit in court and do a report on what happens in family court. That would be a great public service. But so far I haven't found anybody whose teacher approves, approves that as their, their volunteer hours. But I would think that that would be more beneficial than anything. Go sit in court, do court watch, find out what's going on. Um, because I can pretty much guarantee that just about everybody would be astonished.
1: Yeah, it seems to me that there ought to be some sort of judicial watchdog organization. You know, we have political watchdog organizations, but nobody seems to be really focused on the next step below the high politics, which is the judicial system. I mean, you know, the Supreme Court gets some coverage when, Justices change and justices are appointed and all of that. But the rest of our judicial system, unless we somehow get involved in it by actions or actions of others, I think most of Mm -hmm. us are just kind of thinking it's going along on its merry way.
0: Exactly. You know, I had a professor in college once who said, we're all willing to give up freedoms we're not using. And I think that it's the same thing about this. We're all willing to ignore injustices that aren't affecting us personally. And right, I don't know, you know, I mean, I'm no huge guru or, you know, Einstein. I don't know what changes that. I guess we just wait until enough people are impacted by some of this aberrant behavior that there's a general hue and cry, you know, to correct things. But I also think that, as yes, we were talking off air, I think that a large number of people, this this is just odd to them. They don't have to experience this. They don't know what this is all about and what this is all like, uh, you know, to, to experience. And so, therefore, we can just kind of pretend it doesn't exist. It's all about those people. And normal people like me, we don't have to worry about this. So there must be something wrong with them, and then, then we get the victim-blaming. Um, you know, or there's just something really odd about this. This isn't, and nobody understands how really commonplace and prevalent this kind of behavior is in the courts. This, these kinds of decision makers are in the courts, and you know, all we can do is try to to educate folks and say, well, you know, guess what? It's it, it's out there and um, it's affecting a lot of women and children. My concern when I hear stories like yours is obviously the pain and the the, the you know the, the anguish that your daughter is going through because quite frankly I don't know how anyone can go through that level of of anguish. That's the only word I can think of. And and come out the other end and still be normal and functional and yet women do it all the time. I know they do. Um but boys that that must be the toughest thing in the world. You know? I, I worry, and and then the child. Hey, you know, I mean, gee, gee whiz, you know what this does to a seven-year-old child, or even younger. How how right. how do they recover from this? How do they recover from this and have a good life? I, I well, don't know. I you,
1: have no I have no answers. It seems to me that the human spirit is very resilient, and with the you know with a with supportive conditions it seems like uh we can heal but i how ha- you know this has just been a destructive thing i would not wish this on anybody it has destroyed mm-hmm. our family it has destroyed our finances it has destroyed my grandson's young life oh gosh, yeah. um it's just it's a crime. It's a crime that this can happen. And for people who um, are not able to run, I mean, some women are going to jail. Some women are, you know, some children
0: are being murdered.
1: I mean, it's like, what does it take?
0: That's a very good question. What does it take? How much of this does it take? You know, you mentioned earlier uh, about how judges... um, aren't aware. I think that most of these judges are aware. And I think, and again, you know, I mean, you can email me and tell me how wrong I am and all that kind of stuff. I I know that folks do. But in my thinking, I think that many of these court personnel are bending over backwards trying to prove that they are not prejudiced in favor of the mother. I, I think that's at the root of a lot of this stuff no, 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 see, I, I'm not going to, um, you know, make a mistake here. I am, I am not, uh, you know, um, uh, prejudiced against fathers because there's been so much publicity and so much information and, and propaganda about how courts are prejudiced in favor of the women. Well, you know, maybe one day they were, but certainly not anymore. Um, if anything, as the Meyer study in, uh, shows, it's just the opposite now. Um, but I right. think that judges, guardians ad litem, all these decision makers in the courts are quaking in their boots, and they want to make sure that everybody understands how they are not—they are not prejudiced—that they are just willing to give the dads every bit as much credibility as the moms. Well, they've bent over backwards, and uh, and it's the other the other way now. I think um, again, my two cents worth—you know—for whatever it's worth tell us what's what's coming up what's what's the next step for your daughter? What are you waiting for what um what what is the next thing to that will happen in this case
1: it's those are good questions, and I don't know that I can answer them I mean it's sort of like we're just waiting we're stuck um, hmm. so what we're waiting for is my grandson to be released to his mom and for them to be able to um have a safe and protected life and we are waiting for the for a definite um conviction of this abuser who can perhaps in some small way um have some consequences to the havoc that he has wreaked in our lives and my guess is in other people's lives because I do not believe that abusers only have one victim.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. Um, One thing, right. One thing
1: that um, I'd like to touch upon if you feel like we have time is I'd like to touch on the more global aspect of what's going on in terms of the Hague Convention.
0: I would love that. We talked about that yesterday and that's exactly where I wanted to go next. So you're a mind reader. Um, because as we as we mentioned yesterday, we're talking about your case, your very personal case, you know, with your daughter and your grandson. But good heavens, these things happen every day. Every day we hear of another situation where a, a woman is, is running to another country where she's trying to save her child. And we have this hate convention. Tell everybody what is the hate convention. Why does that matter to us? Well,
1: well I, I don't have a lot of information on this. You know, my view of this is kind of myopic because it's based on what I need to know for what we're going through. So I may not give accurate information as to the general overview of the hate convention. What I... Know is that the Hague Convention was formulated to protect um, people and primarily children from being removed from one country to another country um, illegally or with without good reason, so in other words, for say a a, a couple have a fight, and one of them um, in retaliation takes a child and goes to another country to live based on a disagreement. Um, I believe that I believe that's the underpinnings of how the Hague Convention was born, and I'm sure it's much more complex and probably more um uh refined than my picture of it, mm-hmm. but that's my understanding within yeah. the hague Convention, however. There is an article, Article 13B, that speaks to domestic violence and grave risk of danger for anyone, man, woman, child, whatever, to be ex, to be restituted back to their country of origin, and this often gets overlooked in the global court system, as well as. Um, in the higher court systems of our own country. So um, many countries belong, are members of the Hague, which means that if someone turns up in their country who has come there um, illegally, they can be sent back to their country of origin. But it all depends on why they're there and what evidence they have to show why they're there. And so, you know, it was determined by the Immigration Department of Costa Rica that indeed it was a grave danger for my grandson to be returned to the United States and given over to custody of his abuser. And it was also determined that... You have that that
0: in writing. You have that in writing. That was a, a written determination by Costa Rican evaluators. Yes,
1: as well, okay. as, the, as, well as, the, as well as the fact that because of domestic violence that was, had also occurred against my daughter, it was a grave danger for her to be returned as well. Okay, And so those things are in writing and determined, but they remain, because it's an immigration issue, they remain sealed. No one is supposed to have access to that except immigration and my daughter and my grandson. Um, And I believe that the breach of confidentiality that occurred uh, in April and May of this year in Costa Rica um, has been addressed there, and I believe that now all records are being kept confidential but it's sort of like it, it's sort of like you know um, <laughs> after the fact kind of like the US mm-hmm. consul um, illegally went and visited my grandson and violated his refugee rights but it's already been done and we can't undo it and yeah. they, their defense against that is that um, they had an an order by a judge to do that they don't care if it was an illegal order they don't care if my, if uh my daughter and grandson have permanent refugee status they just did what they did
0: hmm. your and and the United States and Costa Rica are both signatories on the hate, for the, from the hate convention is that correct
1: Yes, they are, as are many countries. The interesting thing mm-hmm. is that worldwide, the United States is the country that sends um, people to train and educate uh, third world countries about the Hague Convention and how to use it in the judicial system. And in those trainings, they don't do not address domestic violence
0: or sexual abuse at all. <laughs> Okay, that seems a little naive.
1: And we found out just recently that in January, someone from the US State Department, a trainer, came to Costa Rica and instructed the judicial system. This is after um, our case, uh, the abuser had been filing papers in the Costa Rican court from August of last year through January of this year this trainer came and instructed the courts there that restitution of children back to the U.S. needed to be accomplished within six weeks. <laughs> Isn't that an interesting coincidence? Hmm. And that's exactly what yeah. they tried to do. It didn't happen, but they,
0: they tried really hard to do that. They meaning the Costa Rican authorities.
1: The meaning the corrupt judge in the family court in Costa Rica that um, seems to have some sort of immunity from breaking the law. Um, she either is uh, has someone very influential in power on her side or it's a matter of money being paid to her um, by the abuser. And I don't know which. It could be a combination of both, but there's definitely
0: some corruption going on when women go and i i i told you that i i want to do a follow up interview with somebody who's knowledgeable about this because i hear of women who are seeking asylum in other countries besides costa rica and it's happening regularly
1: that yeah. means we already,
0: we already talked about how that means that you personally are giving up family friends work you know all of this kind of stuff your 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 country um in order to protect your child but it's different in each country and part of doing that means you now have to learn a whole new country you have to learn a whole new system and where is the guarantee that that system is going to be better than the one that you left i mean it must it's a very risky thing can you tell me how your daughter decided to go to costa rica
1: um she chose Costa Rica because Costa Rica's constitution um, addresses the fact that they are um, pro children's rights. And so she felt like they would listen to my grandson. Okay and they have but it's a different culture and things move and work very differently and that's the situation for anybody who go in who chooses any country and you can choose countries that are not part of the Hague convention but i frankly most of those countries would not be safe for a woman and child Mhm so it's you know yeah. it's a really hard thing our country is failing women and children, to the extent that they are having to seek asylum in other countries. And that doesn't mean that they're going to be safe. They pray for that. They hope for that. But there are no guarantees. And it's just, it's it's very, very hard. Because yeah. other cultures don't operate the way that our culture operates. So we operate from my perspective in a very linear fashion in this country. And other countries don't necessarily take that linear approach. It can be very circular and very slow. And there are so many um, political and economical things involved because usually it involves a country that has much less affluence than the United States. And so there can be job security and all kinds of things involved in why the system is so bulky and why it takes so much time and so many people to accomplish one little thing.
0: Yeah. Tell me what your daughter is doing right now. Did she get a job there? Is she working? What is, what is she able to do there in Costa Rica?
1: right now she's not able to do much of anything because of this continuing legal requirements that that are uh, pressed upon her by whatever trouble the abuser stirs up and whatever things have to be filed in court and you know trying to work with the various agencies to get her son back um, or to even get visits with him so She had a job and she lost that job because she had to go back to the city um, from where they were living and be available for all of these legal things that she has to do. And so um, she's trying to come up with some kind of part-time work that she can do either in the evenings and on weekends when, because it's a very last minute thing you know she'll get a notice in the morning oh you have to be at this court at such and such a time today so it's not like she can have a regular job and yet they want her to show that she can take care of my grandson and be a stable influence and yet they won't release him so that they can go regain the stability that they had before this all happened it's kind of crazy
0: mm-hmm. yeah well and it sounds I mean you know I, it's hard i understand that it is hard for those of us who are not involved in the court system to understand all that that goes on and all that is a part of it however so many of these things just seem to defy common sense just defy common sense um and it sounds like even though costa rica has been beneficial in some ways for your your daughter it's it's still um you know it it's it still has um, it's share of frustrations and um crazy making stuff uh, it it just is astonishing to me um it, I'm and it at the is only through
1: and... well it's only the, through the generosity of people there actual real people there not people in the judicial system not people in the um government necessarily But the people who have advocated for my daughter and my grandson and the many private citizens who have helped them with places to stay, with food, with transportation, um, you know, it's just been amazing. There are many angels in Costa Rica helping our family, and I'm very grateful for that.
0: Yeah. Well, and, you know, having been to Costa Rica a couple times, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a, a, a nicer group of people. Uh the Costa Ricans are very warm and um very family oriented in in my experience so but nevertheless it's a it's a tough thing it's a tough thing what your daughter's doing it's a tough thing what you are doing. It sounds to me like you're spending a lot of the time educating yourself and keeping up on things in New York and you know you have a support system. But what else are you doing for yourself? How else are you getting through this?
1: Uh, One moment at a time, Mm -hmm. basically. I, You know, it's just one moment at a time. And trying to be as present as I can. Um, Some days, some moments are better than others. Some days are better than others. Um, it's just hard to see anyone suffering at this level for such a long time. Um, and yeah. it, because it's more personal, because it's my family, but I, I, this would be hard for me to see anybody suffering like this. And my heart goes out to all of the women and children who are suffering. And I include and them all wonderful. in my
0: prayers. Yeah, and there are a number of women who are going through this. I mean, it's not—it's—it's it's not a rarity, unfortunately. Not a rarity at all. Um, gosh, it—it's just—it's soul crushing. It is just soul crushing to hear these stories and um, think about what your child, your grandchild, and your own child are going through in these scenarios. I wish I had something more erudite to say I just don't I just I wish you and your daughter the best I wish your grandson the best um, and you need to keep us informed of what's going on um, because is there any place that we can write or any anything that we can do as just people who hear this story anything that we can do
1: well um, it's tricky business uh, you know, we did have a petition on change.org for a while, but I believe that's been taken down because they felt like when, the, um, when there was talk of my grandson's release and all of that, they felt like we were victorious and things had resolved, but it turns out things didn't resolve. Um, the Stop Abuse Campaign certainly has a lot of information about many, many cases and about the legislation that um, Barry is working on to try and get passed state by state to improve our family court system and hold them more accountable for the decisions that they're making. Um, mm. You know what I would say is I have some I have some things going on, but I don't know how. Um, how much I can go into it. If people are interested mm-hmm. in, in sending letters to galleries uh, who carry this artist's work, they could contact me through you. We could, we could arrange that, and I could give them information and a template of a letter mm-hmm. to send. Because this person has been charged in Costa Rica with, a, with criminal charges, um, I believe mm-hmm. that these letters can be done, but I need—I think they need to be done in a, an anonymous way, so that galleries know that they, that people are aware that they're carrying the artwork of a pedophile, but um, no one—it can't be traced back to anybody, so no one
0: can be harassed. Yeah. All right. Let me give out my email. It's heather dot stark at three women three ways. Go ahead and contact me with your questions or your information or what you would like to do, and we'll see what we can do to help. I will turn those that information over to to Suzanne and Barry Goldstein and the other people who are working in this area and who are much more knowledgeable than me. Suzanne, our time is up, and thank you so much for once again bringing us up to date on what's happening with your grandson and your daughter in Costa Rica, and you know our hearts and prayers are with you. Please Keep us in mind as things change and let us know what's going on. And you out there, please, please educate yourselves about these situations and keep listening to Three Women, Three Ways.